A strong hand touched her on the shoulder, startling her. She automatically jumped to her feet. There was a man behind her. When she turned, she saw that it was the priest from Mass earlier. Are you okay? You've been here quite a while and I wasn't sure whether to disturb you or not. He was a young enough man, greying slightly around the temples but fresh in his face. He wore the dark suit from earlier but he had removed the white collar from around his neck and opened the top two buttons of his shirt. Saoirse was surprised at his youth. She had always pictured priests as old men with narrow minds who ruled with iron fists of the Bible. This man seemed different. There was an ease and an openness about him, and his smile was warm and welcoming. Oh, I'm sorry, she said. I hadn't realised I was here so long. Time got away from me. That happens sometimes when we're under pressure or have a lot on our minds. Is there anything you'd like to talk about? It's not confession or anything, but sometimes a problem shared is a problem halved, as they say. His manner was easy and comfortable. He smiled genuine, and there was nothing forced about his question. Saoirse thought about it, but how could she share her problem, even half it? How could she tell a man of God that she could foretell death? That as far as she could make out, she was a being from folklore, that she was an immortal creature heralding the deaths of innocent people. She was certain that if she told the truth, the man was sure to think she was disturbed and would most definitely insist on her getting some sort of help. If she was honest, she questioned whether she needed help herself. Surely she was mad, but she felt she couldn't lie to him. She lowered her head and she took a deep breath. And when she looked back up at the priest, he motioned for her to sit, which she did. Is it that bad that even talking about it won't help? His voice was caring and crisp, one used to articulating important messages to large crowds, but humble enough to be inviting and warm. I'm not Catholic. It was all she could think of to say in reply. She didn't want to lie. I know you're not. I'm guessing it's your first visit to us too. There's nothing to be worried about. We don't judge, contrary to the perception you might have, but it's understandable. We don't come across as the most welcoming, and we certainly aren't very popular at the moment, are we? He shrugged as he said this, and Saoirse recalled the countless newspaper articles and the reports on the diocese. They certainly didn't have a good reputation at the moment. But Saoirse had always found it strange that people attacked the current priests for the sins of those before them. Surely they should be judged on their own behaviour. Can I ask how you know I'm not a Catholic? Do we stand out or something? She was intrigued that he could tell her religion without her telling him. Did he have some kind of religious radar that he told who was part of his flock and who was not? I know your grandmother. She comes to visit now and again. He said it with such affection that it was obvious she visited more than just now and then. Saoirse found it strange that her grandmother would have a relationship with the priest. Religion had been so obviously absent from her home that she had assumed none of her family would have had any connection with it. And she also assumed that priests had no lives outside of the church and the orders they had taken. But now, that she thought about it, 
They were people too. They had friends and families. They had a life. Oh, I didn't know she visited. I didn't think any of my family did. We have a distinct lack of religion at home and I just presumed. I am a man of God, Saoirse, but I'm also a man. Your grandmother comes to talk to me, not necessarily the priest. Sometimes she has things she feels she needs to discuss that she just can't talk about anywhere else. And, as I have said before, I don't judge, nor do I question. I listen, and over the years I've grown very fond of her. She is an amazing woman, strong-minded and strong-willed, but very open and accepting. Saoirse wondered how much her grandmother had told this man. Surely she, could have told him, she couldn't have told him the whole truth. If she had, she was sure they wouldn't be having this talk so casually, and her grandmother would not have been a repeat visitor. But then again, maybe she had, and he had taken pity on her. Maybe he thought she was a raving lunatic and had taken her under his wing, protecting a poor, crazy, elderly lady. Maybe she had been honest and he had believed her. Perhaps he was more open-minded than his counterparts and had accepted that if God can exist, then surely so could Banshees. She was finding this whole new identity thing quite difficult to get her mind around. Actually, that was an understatement. How can you accept the fact that you are what you read about in books as a child? that you were the person kids tell ghost stories about at sleepovers and then spend half the night awake in fear of. How do you accept your dreams are death's calling cards, a little heads up for who has a visit to the mortuary in their not so distant future? And even if you do accept that, how do you explain to others what it is you are? A priest was probably the last person she should be talking to but he seemed as good as anyone at that moment in time. She felt alone. Sean had his own worries and he, her grandmother was too optimistic and cryptic for her liking. Maybe she had been right. Saoirse needed to work this out for herself, but she couldn't and she knew she needed someone. Maybe this priest was the answer. Saoirse, you've gone very quiet. Would you like me to leave you in peace? No. Please stay. It's just that. It's it's just that. How could she put it into words? Where should she start? I'm feeling very selfish today. I didn't know Kate. I know Sean. But just since the start of September, really, we got thrown together for an English assignment. I've never really been a talker, to be honest. I'm pretty much keep to myself. But Sean is lovely. He's brought me out of myself over the past few weeks and then he called to my house and saw the picture I painted of Kate. I hadn't even realised that she was a real person and since then everything has changed. My life has changed. Things will never be the same again. She took a breath and sighed heavily. She was rambling and she knew it but she was talking and she needed to talk. There I go again, all about me keep forgetting that a girl died, her life is over, her parents' lives have been torn apart and I'm worrying about myself, I'm ashamed of myself and I'm sorry. The priest was still sitting in the pew behind her. 
and she had herself angled in the seat so that her back wasn't turned to him, but she wasn't facing him straight on. He leant forward and gently squeezed her shoulder. There was a sincerity in his actions and although she had already said more than she had intended to, she continued. She felt she could without being ridiculed or judged. She felt his sincerity and it gave her hope. I feel like I don't know who I am. I thought I was nice, caring, a normal person, but my dreams are so vivid and horrifying. Surely if I was the person I thought I was, I would try and stop what's happening in them. Surely I should be devastated by Kate's death. I am sorry, of course I am, but I knew she was going to die and I did nothing. What kind of monster does that make me? She looked at him, pleading, longing for an answer, and then realised what she had just said. She had admitted she knew Kate was going to die. She searched the priest's face for shock, but found none. Just the same sincerity that was in his voice and his touch. You must think I'm mad. I know what you are, Saoirse. Your grandmother has always been honest with me. I was the only one she could be honest with. My, my vows mean I cannot tell another living soul what she tells me. My religion also means that I am protected, even though I know the truth. She told me she had been searching for someone like me for years and had all but given up when, by chance, she met me in this very spot, actually after Sean's mother's funeral. She said it was relief to, at last to speak to someone without putting herself or them in danger. She has battled with the same emotions you are battling now for a lifetime. She says that she has always wondered whether she made the right decision moving here, away from her home place and who she was. But she says your father and you were worth every minute of hardship. You are her life, Saoirse. She adores you. She never wanted to draw this on you and was hoping you took after your mother, but then you started painting. She spent a long time here with me, trying to decide how to handle this, what to tell you. But she's bound. She can only tell you so much without endangering you or her. I can probably tell you more, but she's been very clear on what I can and cannot say. You need to figure most of it out for yourself. It's important you do that. Saoirse sat in disbelief. Here was a priest explaining her messed up world to her. Surely his religion should mean that he would dismiss this as lunacy. She was a lost sheep in need of psychiatric help and the firm hand of God. But he seemed genuine and he read her confusion and answered her unasked questions. I do truly believe in God. But in doing that, Saoirse, I have to accept that if he exists, so must other things that we assume do not. I must allow everyone to find their own path, have their own mind. It is not my place to say what is real and what is not. I accept what I see and experience, and your grandmother has a gift, if you could call it that. She has never been wrong. I have been able to subtly prepare families for death because of her. She has helped to make life that little bit more bearable in horrific times for them. I know you think it's awful that you cannot help these people, 
But from my point of view, when the Lord decides it's your time, then the decision is made. No one, no matter how powerful, can change that. Your grandmother and I have found a way of helping, in the small way we can. Although with Kate, there was nothing either of us could say or do. No one expects that kind of death. Saoirse was overwhelmed. Reality was becoming clearer and it sat heavily on her shoulders. This man, a man of faith and integrity, was clarifying her confusion, fixing her reality and she wasn't sure she wanted to hear it. She wanted her window seat and the calmness of her home. She still had so many questions, but it was beginning to look like the main one was answered. She was a banshee. Where she went from here was the next question. Then suddenly she remembered something the priest had just said. You said you didn't want to endanger us and that you were protected. From what? He shifted uncomfortably in the chair, but answered her with the same clear voice. I'm not entirely sure, Saoirse. Your grandmother was very vague about that part of her life story. All I know is that your grandmother and now you are the only mortals of your kind. She said she fell in love with your grandfather and that was not allowed. They had sought help to be together. That meant the secrecy and the move to Cove. She said they paid a very high price to be together and that the price had not been completely paid. There were conditions and her silence was core to them. She said if anyone ever found out about her, that he would come to cash in on those conditions. She has never told me who he is. She said that whilst my faith may protect me to some extent, he was more powerful than anything she knew and she feared. Even the Lord could not protect me from him. So it gets worse. I feel as if I'm in the middle of some teenage horror movie and the boogeyman could be on my tracks. Father, do you really believe all this? Michael. You can call me Michael, Saoirse. I do. Your grandmother, as I said, is a wonderful woman. I do believe what she says and I know not to question her. If she tells me it's for my own protection, then it is. I won't go against her. I know it's been a tough few weeks and I'm not sure it's going to get any easier anytime soon, but your grandmother has found her peace with this. I'm sure you will too. And I'm here if you need a listening ear. I told Sean, you know, about Kate and what I think I am. What do you think he thinks of me? Sean will get it. You just need to give him time. And speaking of time, the next mass begins in 10 minutes, Saoirse, so we'll have to leave you. You can stay if you wish. If not, I'm always here. I live in number two around the back. Come and talk. As I said, I won't judge. I'll just listen. He stood to leave, and as he did so, he leant forward and squeezed her shoulder again. Talk to your grandmother, Saoirse. She needs to know you're okay with this. It was a pleasure to finally meet you. Don't be a stranger. And then he was gone, disappearing through a door at the front of the church into the sarcastry. Her life was getting more and more complicated, and at the same time, things were becoming clearer 
and clearer. She had to sit down and make sense of all of this. Her window seat called. She stood to leave and her legs were stiff. She had been sitting for far too long and when she exited the cathedral, dusk was falling on the crescent in front of her and number four. She shivered. The Indian summer was finally over. Autumn and winter were on their way.